Welcome back to On Call, a podcast from Amerisource Bergen, where we discuss the latest industry information relevant to our GPO member practices. In this episode, the ninth of our GPO legislative update series, Joel White, President and CEO of Horizon Government Affairs, discusses health issues around Medicare, physician payment, and PBM reform. Thanks so much. It's great to be here again to chat a little bit about what's happening in Washington, D.C. and the states on policy and politics because we're about ready to head into 2024 and wrapping up 2023, but we're entering an election year and politics will come into play in a big way uh, next year on what's going to happen in healthcare. So we wanted to dive into where we're at and where we're headed next year. So Uh, My name is Joel White. I'm the CEO of Horizon Government Affairs. It's a bipartisan company located in Washington, D.C., where we work on advocacy, strategic council, alliance development, and public affairs. We've helped enact uh, 50 laws since we were founded in 2007. We do a lot on the regulatory advocacy side, too, working on Medicare physician payment rules, uh, Part D and Medicare Advantage, etc., Um, My background is I came off Capitol Hill after 12 years uh, working on primarily Medicare uh, and primarily prescription drug policy and uh, helped enact the Medicare Modernization Act, which created Medicare Part D, the Part B reimbursement system and health savings accounts, among other laws. So I'm really glad to be here today because uh, as we think about the holidays and the end of the year, it's always important to take stock of uh, what has been done and Uh, Where do we want to head next year to make more progress? So I wanted to provide a little bit of an overview in terms of what's happening in D.C. right now uh, in healthcare, and then talk about a few uh, health issues for specifically around Medicare physician payment, uh, PBM reform, transparency, competition, lower costs, uh, and then get into a couple of drug issues on pricing and shortages, and then briefly touch on the elections and how that might impact health policy going forward. So first on the DC environment, um, it's been a strange and interesting year. There's been a lot of progress, although you might not pick that up from the national media. On the policy side, there's a couple of issues that I wanna highlight to frame up this discussion, uh, because I do think that it makes some of the issues a little bit more difficult. The first issue is the budget. And if you don't know, uh, right now, today, this month, we will spend more on net interest than we do on all of defense spending. So every bullet, every troop we pay, every aircraft carrier that we build, every plane that we buy, uh, we're spending more on interest than on defense. And you might think that's an interesting fact, but it impacts healthcare because uh, physicians, for example, are going to see a payment cut next year. To fix that, it requires resources. And right now, Congress is focused on the debt and the deficits, and they want to offset any new spending with payment cuts, you know, any spending increases with a payment cut. And so it makes things a little bit more difficult because you've got to identify spending reductions and other programs in order to increase funding for things like how positions are paid in Medicare. That's creating a, a tough dynamic. So I want to highlight that. The second issue is Medicare challenges and Medicare insolvency in a couple of years. Physician payment cuts, as I mentioned, next year. Uh, Part D premium increases beginning in 2024 with more expected premium increases, perhaps a doubling or a tripling of premiums uh, in 25. 
and the government is increasingly involved in, in lots of healthcare rules, regulations, payment rates, a big expansion now into the drug markets and setting prices that'll start in 2026, but the buildup that has already begun this year and will accelerate in 2024, we'll see the first prices that will be effective in 2026 uh, in September of 2024. And then the potential for those prices to be expanded out to other providers like hospitals and doctors, long-term care uh, facilities, post-acute care, et cetera, is a real uh, possibility. We're seeing a lot of the states move on that uh, issue, Colorado, Connecticut, uh, Washington, Oregon, et cetera. Um, and then an intense focus on competition in the marketplace uh, with the FTC and DOJ taking a hard look at uh, mergers, acquisitions, not just in healthcare, kind of across the board, but uh, especially focused on healthcare and especially focused on uh, pharmacy benefit managers. We just had the recent announcement by Humana and Cigna that they would not pursue uh, a merger opportunity. I think partly because that market appears to be consolidating already and, and highly concentrated right now. And as a result, there are bills and legislation seeking to address those consolidation issues. Um, Maybe for some good news here in the markets, um, most people have coverage, 92% of Americans. The people who don't um, are largely eligible for programs like Medicaid or Obamacare, just not enrolled. Um, the remainder are either people who have opted out of the system because they're rich and they want to self-fund or are in states that have yet to expand Medicaid. So really that issue of the uninsured has been mostly wiped out, still 8% without coverage, but really not a focus right now in Washington. Uh, what really is a focus is affordability. And what we're seeing on the employer side is a lot of the inflation and COVID costs in provider contracts starting to flow through in 2024 to premiums because some of the lags and how contracts are done, that inflation is getting baked in. And in 2023, we saw a 7% increase in employer coverage for families, about $24,000 now. And next year, we're seeing probably another 7 to 8% increase on average. That is going to be a create political challenges for members of Congress to say, what are they doing on affordability? How are they driving costs down? And because of the politics around affordability, I think a lot of it will flow back into, well, we need to get drug costs under control. And so we expect to see a lot more focus on drug costs in the context of rising premiums. But at the same time, while most people have coverage and that coverage is more expensive, we're seeing a lot more friction in insurance, whether that's prior authorization requirements or step therapy, or formulary exclusions, things like that, really starting to create challenges for consumers and employers alike. So those issues are also gonna be addressed by Congress. So why don't we dive right in? And there's a lot of content in the slides that I'm gonna present. I'm gonna top line most of them and happy to answer questions afterwards in the, in the chat. So wrapping up in 2023, we are, last week Congress in session, and uh, then they'll take two weeks off and come back in January. But the House on Monday passed uh, PBM reform and drug pricing uh, changes uh, specifically related to transparency, uh, Medicaid spread pricing, addressing site neutral drug administration payments. So paying the same rate for drugs administered by physicians, whether it's in a hospital outpatient department or a physician office 
At the same time this week, the Senate took up in committee legislation dealing with opioids and reforming our public health laws to prepare us better for the next pandemic. And the perennial issue at the end of the year into next year will be uh, keeping the lights on with government and, and funding the government uh, through the appropriations process. Uh, that will play out when the current funding expires uh, for the government on January 19th, and then some funding expires on February 2nd. So that kind of transitions us into next year where we believe that uh, first they'll deal with the government funding issue. Uh, they will uh, bring up opioid and public health policy. Uh, I believe they will deal with, with transparency and competition and PBM issues, both in the commercial sector and in Medicare and Medicaid and um, start to try and tackle some of the payment changes that physicians are facing in, in the Medicare side of things. But 24 is really about teeing up issues for 25 in the election. And I think that most uh, activity will probably, significant activity will end by, by uh, the end of July so that members can get home and campaign. And then, like I said, tee up an agenda and issues for 25 and I think uh, Democrats are hoping they control the White House, the Senate, the House. Republicans are hoping for the opposite. And they'll present some very different visions for health care reform going forward with Republicans relying on more market-based solutions and consumerism in health care, while Democrats will continue to push on expanding government-run health care, um, a doubling of the Inflation Reduction Act, price controls, and expanding them to commercial markets and uh, abortion rights. Um, so I just want to provide some visuals around that budget issue because I do think it's significant and both parties are paying attention to this uh, because the deficits are becoming structural and the debt is clearly unsustainable. We're at 118% of GDP, um, higher than it's ever been. Like I said, we spend more on net interest today than we do on all of national defense. A big reason for that is health care. And so as uh, both parties seek to address budget issues, they will look at healthcare in a big way. Uh, this year, uh, President Biden and Republicans said Medicare is off the table. I think what that means is Medicare benefits or benefit cuts to seniors and the disabled are off the table, but payment cuts to providers are on the table. And in 25, I think we'll see an intense focus on that because most of the growth in deficit spending is coming primarily through entitlements and then primarily through Social Security and Medicare. And you can see on the, the right-hand side there, that chart uh, with the purple in it, um, there's excess cost growth and there's growth being attributed to the aging of the population and then regular cost growth or service growth. And so you can't really do anything about aging of the population, but you can address the growth in um, excess cost growth and regular cost growth. And that's where we expect some provider payment changes to come into play and um, with an intense focus on where the money's spent. And that's primarily on hospitals and doctors and drugs. But in Medicare, what we see is this continuation of physicians being treated differently than everyone else. Everyone else gets an update. Everyone else typically keeps up with inflation except for doctors. Doctors uh, have year-over-year -year payment cuts, and those payment cuts over the last several years have totaled uh, about 10% and are projected to be uh, significant uh, going forward into the future. So we're kind of in a situation 
we faced uh, in the early 2000s with uh, annual, perhaps double digit uh, payment cuts uh, for doctors uh, into the future. And addressing this challenge uh, is top of mind for a number of members of Congress. Uh, probably won't do a lot in 2024, but it'll be front and center in 2025. That's all for this episode of On Call. Our next episode will feature information on transparency in the House, competition, and lower costs on drugs and services. If you have any questions for our guests or have a topic you would like to learn more about, email us at oncalljpo at gmail.com. Until next time, stay safe and thanks for listening.